This morning we continue with our series on Jesus stories. And this funny story about a camel and a needle follows a familiar event in Jesus' ministry. A man came to see Jesus and he went away sad. We don't know a lot about this man. Matthew tells us he was young. Luke tells us he was a ruler. And so we call him the rich young ruler. We're very clever that way. He would have known Jewish law and been a man of some importance. And to see him coming, running, and kneel before Jesus was very significant. He recognizes Jesus as a teacher of religion, but more than that, one who knows the way. Perhaps this man had been disillusioned by others or even by his own study of the law. What must I do, he asks. This is a question about action and results. Eternal life is the goal. Heaven, living forever. Jesus' answer is a reminder of what the rich young ruler already knows. Follow the commandments. But for this young man, it's not a satisfactory answer. I already do that perhaps with a little exasperation in his voice. He knew it wasn't enough, or else he would have walked away content that he's got it all right. And then listen to this. Jesus felt genuine love. We don't always read this, on, and so somehow, some way, the way Jesus looked or the way he sounded was different this time. The disciples noticed it. This was genuine, unselfish, nothing in return, seeking the man's highest good kind of love. Jesus wanted him to experience eternal life. Jesus has that kind of love for you too. He wants only the best for you, and that means a relationship with him for eternity. Back to our rich young ruler. Now Jesus gets personal. First of all, Sell all you have. Do it now. Don't just think about a boot sale next month, but take action right now. And second, give away what you make. And do that right away. Don't invest it first. Don't hold on for a rainy day. Do it now. The young man asked, what must I do? What action should I take? And Jesus is very clear. This is what you can do. And then, third, when you've sold it all and given away the money, follow me. This time, the action is a commitment for a lifetime, not just once. Make a commitment to be a Jesus follower. Sadly, this action is too much, and the rich young ruler leaves. And I think Jesus must have been sad, too. Genuine love calls for a response from the one who's loved. Not only was the instruction rejected, but so was the relationship that Jesus offered him. And so Jesus turns to his disciples, who many of them would have been poor, and says, I asked him to do a very hard thing. The word hard is intensified in the original language. Really, really difficult thing. And the disciples were amazed. Why? Well, the rich had everything. Not only money and material things, but power and influence. They could buy their way into any place, but not into heaven. Jesus then repeats himself, but this time he doesn't limit it to the wealthy. 
it is hard to get into the kingdom. And then to illustrate, he paints this picture of a needle and a camel. Now I happen to have a needle. I'm not a seamstress, but occasionally I sew on a button. And so I have a needle. I'm not sure if you can see it. I do not have a camel in the house, but I have with me a giraffe. I love giraffes. This funny shaped thing, if you just imagine the giraffe with a hump or two behind, this would be similar then to what a camel might look like. And so imagine, not just is the camel too big to fit into the eye of the needle, but it's complicated. There would be twists, there would be turns, there's gangly legs to get in, there's big humps to maneuver around. This is a strange beast trying to get into a very tiny eye of a needle. Now, of course, this is an extreme picture. And probably, first of all, the disciples were a bit confused and you can imagine on their faces trying to figure out how that might happen. But then I, I'm sure they must have laughed. <clears throat> the point is getting the camel through the eye of the needle is easier than entering heaven. Why? Really? That's a pretty hard task. Because it's not about money. It's not about how much money you have. It's not really about wealth at all. It's about trust. Where did the young ruler put his trust? In his independence? In his influence? In his comfort? After all, in worldly terms, he could take care of himself. He didn't need Jesus, or he didn't think so. And that's why this verse is for us too. You may not be wealthy, but don't think you can ignore this lesson. It's about where we place our trust. It's about what we value, what we might describe as our riches. Might be material things. It might be money, even if we don't have it. It might be our work, although COVID's changed that for many of us. It might be family and relationships or traditions that we hold on to. What I hold on to and refuse to let go of so that I can follow Jesus, those things, that is my riches. Whatever I carry that prevents me from doing what Jesus asked me to do, that is my riches. It might be attitudes, selfishness, control, bitterness, an unforgiving spirit. Some hold on to those because they are their identity, sadly. They're afraid to let go in case Jesus asks to do something more like forgive or give away or love more. It's hard really hard to give up and let go. And the disciples recognized that and they said, well then who can be saved? Well, there is hope today because Jesus is the way. Follow me, he says. With man it's impossible, but with me it is possible. When you're free of what's holding you back, and when you allow me, Jesus, 
to take the lead. Jesus is ahead of us, he surrounds us, and he gives us all we need. Picture a traveler at a station, maybe a train station or maybe at the airport, and they have too much baggage. They're dropping things, they're bumping into people, and they can't get through the turnstiles. It's a hard path for them. You've seen them, or maybe even you've been them. Jesus says, get rid of the baggage. Travel light and follow the leader, Jesus. He knows the way. To conclude today, I'd like to read from Colossians 3. It's a list of things we need to get rid of and things we need to put on. And for this week, I just challenge you to consider what Jesus is asking of you. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be, re be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Since God chose you to be holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen.